part of the insidious power of imposter syndrome is the feeling that we're alone, you know, Mm. in this understanding. I'm going to be found out. And the truth of the matter, of course, is that it's this universal affliction. And when we name it, when we point to it, when we kind of call it out, we release the power that Mm. it has over us. So that has been one of the positive evolutions. Like as I started to realize I'm, I'm actually not alone in this feeling. Basically everyone around me feels this at, at one point or another. I do continue to feel it on a regular basis, but the difference is I have much more power to shut it down. You know, mm-hmm. it comes up, I shut it down. And as a result, when I do that, when I role model that behavior, I think it's also empowering to other people. Oh, I don't, I have a choice in, in this engagement with imposter syndrome. It actually doesn't have to take over mind share from me. You know, I have the power to shut it down. How are we doing out there, folks? This is your host with the most Kenny Vaughn, director of Breakline Apex. I'm here with my partner in crime. What is up, everybody? It is Sophia. I play for Team Breakline as well. And we are so excited to dive into a conversation with you guys today in celebration of Mental Health Awareness Month. Kenny, tell our good listeners what we are going to be talking about. Well, you know, I think this is a great, great conversation to have in light of this recognition of mental health Awareness Month is just dealing with an issue that I think plagues many more people than, you know, we necessarily talk about, myself included, which is the topic of imposter syndrome. And for those of you who might not be familiar with the phrase, in a nutshell, imposter syndrome is basically as you navigate places and spaces, the the feeling or the sneaking suspicion that you may be found out as a fraud. All of the things that you've worked to accomplish, whether they be, you know, academic in nature, professional in nature, just personal in nature, you attribute it to some external factor, maybe luck, maybe someone else's contributions, and it's just Mm -hmm. difficult for you to bask in the glory of, I did that. And really, that's imposter syndrome. And I think the reason I was so excited to have this conversation is especially as I think about our Breakline community and folks are in times of transition and, you know, thinking about new roles and reimagining themselves and redefining themselves, it can often be difficult to navigate these spaces and look back and say, wow, like, yeah, I I really did do all these things and I deserve all of the goodness that's around the corner for me. Well, this is why I'm excited about this conversation. We have the tremendous honor and privilege of sharing this conversation with our CEO and founder, uh, Bethany Coates, as well as our Director of Advancement, Lauren Fall. They are two of the most impressive um, human beings I've had the opportunity to work with. Easily. And they share in a very vulnerable, in a very transparent, in a very humanizing way, their own struggles with this. And I think they both have unique vantage points, which are gonna bring tremendous value to our listeners. And most importantly, I think through this conversation, I've had a chance to listen to it um, once again, it just creates a space of healing. 
right? This this is the name of the game. This is this yeah. is this is not, you know, go out and showboat and tell everybody all your accolades month. No, this is mental health awareness month, right? And like yeah. we are here with the goal to heal, to grow, to become stronger together as a community, and it starts with conversations like this. So uh, I'm not sure about you. Uh, I think we have to go ahead and just give the listeners what they came here to listen to. Let's do it. We will see you guys on the other side in the arena. All righty. How we doing out there, folks? This is your host with the most, Kenny Vaughn. I am here with my partner in crime. What is up, everybody? It is Sophia here from Team Breakline, and we have a very special episode lined up for you guys because we are joined with two of our favorite teammates. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Yes. Lauren, you go first. Hi, guys. My name is Lauren Paul. I play for Team Breakline. I get to be the lucky person that gets to work one-on-one with a lot of our participants at Breakline, whether they're in the Apex community, the veterans, the mavens. I've had the privilege for the last three plus years of being able to kind of go through this journey with them. And um, I'm excited to be here with you guys today. Hey, everybody. This is Bethany Coates, CEO of Breakline. Delighted to be here with three of my favorite people, Kenny and Soap. Thank you for having me. Well, I tell you what, I don't know about you all, but I'm just super excited today because For those of you who who might not know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And in recognition of this month, we really want to just unpack a topic. And I know a lot of times we spend time thinking about our physical health, but the mental health sometimes gets neglected. And there's one topic in particular. I've been waiting to talk about this for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And that topic is imposter syndrome. So for those for those of our listeners who might not even know what imposter syndrome is, it, it actually, if you go back to 1978, there were two psychologists, Pauline Clarence and Suzanne Imes, and they actually published an article called The Imposter Phenomenon in High Achieving Women. And essentially what they did was they went and they studied about 150 high-performing women and they wanted to get deeper insight into how they were able to cope with their high achievements. And one of the things that they noticed amongst this group is that these women really struggled to um, really take ownership for all of the great work that they had manifested into their own lives and their own careers. And as these studies kind of progressed and furthered, what the researchers noticed is this is not an issue that's just systemic to women. This is mm-hmm. cuts across gender, cuts across race, cuts across all different types of things. And uh, actually, about 70% of people over the course of their lifetime will deal with some level of imposter syndrome. I think the other 30% are, are either uh, lying or maybe they may be slightly narcissistic, but we're just going to throw that out there. <laughs> But the point is, is this is an issue that so many of us deal with. And today, this is why we're excited to tee up this conversation, especially for a breakline community, a group of just high performing folks and badasses that may be uh, that may be out there. So with that kind of context, Bethany, I would love to turn the floor over to you. First and foremost, you are one of the one of the role models and mentors that 
I just have such a deep, tremendous amount of respect for it. The reason I joined Team Breakline was literally like, I was like, hey, look at this founder. She has done these amazing things and she's building this amazing company. Like, I want to be a part of what she is doing. So as someone who has just achieved a great deal of success, um, have you ever like dealt with imposter syndrome? Is like that even a thing? Like you have like this ironclad, just kind of aura that surrounds you. And I would just love to hear your thoughts just on this topic. And if it's anything that you've ever had to deal with before. Well, I, Kenny, thank you so much. And, um, and I feel that way about you and about our whole team. We're, we're all working shoulder to shoulder on this mission together. And it's really inspiring to be in the arena together. So thank you for the opportunity. And I find the question hilarious because to me, it's so obvious. I mean, imposter syndrome is the universal affliction of high performing people. And I agree mm. with you, Kenny, maybe the 30% who said no, didn't understand the question, <laughs> but it is, it's kind of our, it's our constant companion. It's the voice in the back of our head or in our heart. It's that kind of undercurrent that says, I'm not the author of my own own achievements. Mm. And it is not a one-time sort of interaction that you might have with imposter syndrome, or at least that hasn't been my experience with it. It is the ongoing conversation with imposter syndrome and me having to say, fuck off. Like, honestly, mm, come on. you're come not on. serving a purpose in my life right now. And I do, I do think, Kenny, I, I think of imposter syndrome as a bully I think bullies have to be dealt with. And mm. I think that we have to take control. Part of taking control is naming this thing. And so I'm really, really glad that you and Soap are teeing up this conversation because I do think it's so common. It's been, you know, a long-term experience that, that I have certainly. And, um, and like Lauren has been part of many, many conversations that, that I've had with Breakliners as well. And I'm delighted to kind of unpack it further with you. But in terms of have I ever experienced it, Yes. You know, okay. if not okay. on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. But now so, I just kind of react to it and I'm like, to the side, like there's okay. exit stage left. So I think what's so interesting about this that you mentioned, Bethany, is like, it really is a bully. And I'm just, so I'll mm -hmm. speak from my own experience. And what I will tell you is like, um, I've been super fortunate. I've got a chance to go to West Point. I've been to the Berkeley High School of Business, you know, broken records, done all of these things. And like, there are moments where I just have this looming feeling that one day I'm gonna be found out. And yes. you know, I, you know, and this is, this is the crazy, this is the crazy thing about it is, I'm not sure about you, but it just feels like this lingering cloud Mm -hmm. that stops you from being the best version of yourself. Mm. And um, so I would just, I would love to hear just some thoughts. I mean, we've got what I love about this open forum that we have right now is we've got a wide range of, of ages and experiences. Uh, Sophia, you're one of the youngest members of our youngest team. Youngest and fabulous. Yes. So Young and fabulous, absolutely. <laughs> so I I'd love to pose the same question to you. Like, is this something that you've ever had to deal with? Yes. I mean, I think it is actually the fate of an early career person to inevitably struggle a little bit with imposter syndrome. Um, and this can rear its ugly head in a couple different ways. Um, I've personally felt that sort of imposter syndrome where it's like you're an imposter to the organization that you are a part of. So, you know, whether you're looking around and thinking to yourself like, 
Do I deserve to be here? Are other people kind of wondering, what the heck is this girl doing here? Um, Have I earned it? And then there's another version of this imposter syndrome where as as you begin your career, you start to think it's going to take a certain shape. And then as it morphs into something else, and as you're starting to navigate that, you start to really become critical of, is this where I'm supposed to be? You know what I mean? Like you tiptoe up to your life path and you kind of look around the corner and you're like, is this, is this for me? Is this my road? Is this where I'm supposed to be going? And the answer of course is yes. It is no one else except yours. And you have to confidently just walk down it and understand that you are exactly where you're supposed to be. But having the imposter syndrome almost to your own path, to your own road, um, just keeps you so head down, keeps you so absorbed in your own mind rather than really picking your head up taking a look around, enjoying the view, reading the road signs that are indicating that you're actually exactly where you're supposed to be. Imposter syndrome is going to manifest in so many different ways for so many different people. Um, But I think especially acutely for early career people are almost those two versions, which are all iterations of the question of, am I supposed to be here right now? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what I love about that is so much of what we're talking about deals with introspection. It deals mm-hmm. with how we take inventory of our own life and our own actions. And one of the things that I know we've shared in conversation is by sheer definition of being in a space, right? Like yeah. this is this is the dastardly thing about imposter syndrome is I feel like it strikes in the moments where we should be most celebratory in our lives, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. the fact that you are the person who is, you know, contributing at a young age, at a high level, in a high performing organization or group, by definition, you know, you you have arrived really, right? Like you have done the things that you set out to do and now you're in the space where you're doing them. And I think even for myself and, you know, um, I was the first black employee at Breakline, right? Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, it's been a phenomenal experience. The team has been so inviting and so welcoming, but I think there's just this underlying pressure that I had put on myself, right? Because it's like, man, you know, the eyes are on me and I gotta perform. And like, you know, am I smart enough? Am I, you know, making the right decisions? Am I producing in a way that's helping take this team to the next level? Exactly. And The thought that I was really able to have, which kind of brought it all full circle, was A, there have been so many people who have made so many sacrifices for me to be in this position. Yes. I can't afford to have imposter syndrome, right? Like, I just have to move. Like, I have to drive forward. Mm. I have to continue to open up the gates of opportunity for people behind me because... You know, it's it's the charge that, you know, that I've stepped into, right? And I think the second piece of it is realizing that every single individual at some point in their lives has probably faced a similar type of challenge or question about, you know, how they contribute, how they fit in. And this is where I think it's just so important to be fully present in the moment, to be comfortable in our own skin and realize the unique value that we add to the teams and the organizations that we're a part of. 
Yes. Just to give some people some action items of when you're feeling imposter syndrome creeping into your life. And Bethany and Lauren, we are going to want to pick your beautiful brains for your infinite wisdom. But what I will say is what has helped me is counting my wins really deliberately. We are social creatures. We want to make sure that we are contributing in ways that feel meaningful and ways that I help myself feel more grounded when I'm wondering, am I even doing anything right now? Such as everyone else wondering what the heck is soap doing here? I count my wins. The ways that I am making other people's lives a little bit better, a little bit easier. The ways that I am count them ways, man. Count them ways. The ways that I am growing. I am like jotting down notes, y'all. Like seriously, putting pen to paper to make sure that I am reflecting that this is my life path. This is where I'm supposed to be, and these are all of of the signs to prove that that is true. Um, okay. Lauren, I would love to. Perspective, any times that you've maybe encountered imposter syndrome. Now, can I add one piece before we go? Because Do for, it, for, those, for those of you who are not familiar with Lauren Fong, mm. she is like one of the most confident, assured people that I have yes. ever met. Yes. And oh, by the way, she has this amazing reputation for just being able to inspire confidence in people. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was applying to be a part of the Breakline team, like she was just this warm ray of light and encouragement Mm -hmm. and confidence. Um, So I know she don't deal with no imposter syndrome, but let me not put words in her mouth. Let me me ask the question, Miss Lauren Fall. Have you ever dealt with imposter syndrome? Um, Like I will, I will double down on what Bethany said and I would say every single day. Um, and, and I think it's because it creeps into different parts of your life too. It's not mm-hmm. just professional. It is everything from dealing with, you know, architects working on your home. It's everything dealing with, um, your spouse, your relationship with your spouse, how you're showing up for your kids as a mother. You know, it, it's funny. Bethany's a mom of four. I'm a mom of five, you know, between us, we have nine kids. I know it's not just me that gets people throw around this term. You're super mom. Oh my gosh, like that's a lot to live up to when someone puts those expectations on you, when you put those expectations on yourself. And I think that one of my jobs at Breakline and all of our jobs in some capacity is, as Bethany always says, is to shine, like hold a mirror up for our Mm -hmm. Breakliners. And you can't do that for other people without internalizing some of those same questions as well on yourself when you're going through this process. So um, daily, literally daily, I deal with some kind of, am I good enough? Can I do this? Can I show up how people need me to show up on a daily basis? So I just want to pause here for a moment because I think this is such an important inflection point in this conversation. And I just want to reemphasize one more time, just my opinion of each one of you, right? Like I have the utmost respect and admiration for each and every single one of you. And you guys are bulletproof in my mind. And to be able to just hear like Lauren Fall, Bethany Coates, Sophia Baldwin say, hey, like this is something that like I am navigating like every Mm -hmm. single day. And when I show up to work, you may see one side, but internally there's a whole nother, you know, beast that's being slayed and fought each moment. This Mm -hmm. is what imposter syndrome is, folks. And Mm -hmm. for all of our listeners that are tuning in, this is not something that we like set up and put up a cue card and say, okay, I need you to like this is this is real life. This is real-time updates that you're hearing from our team of of, of really just hard-charging, very well-accomplished, just like passionate individuals. And I think it's so important, the first piece is just calling it out and say, yeah, this is something that we're all struggling with. Mm -hmm. So 
Bethany, I would love to, to circle back around to you. And I think one of the things that you mentioned earlier that I wanted to just double click on or unpack a little bit more is this has been a reoccurring theme over time. Mm-hmm. And you shared with me a story about your time at Princeton and, you know, the work that you've done. And I'd love to hear just like as you've evolved into different roles and different levels of um, success, how this has manifested again in your life in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think one of the ways that it's evolved for me is the realization that like part of the insidious power of imposter syndrome is the feeling that we're alone, you know, Mm. in this understanding. And Kenny, you kind of described it as I'm going to be found out, you know, and the truth of the matter, of course, is that it's this universal affliction. And when we name it, when we point to it, when we kind of call it out, we release the power that it has over us. But really, in order for us to feel comfortable doing that, for me anyway, the first piece um, has been that I need to feel connected to people Mm. who I care about. And so, Kenny, I've said in, in other conversations with you and our team that I ask myself two questions every day. And one of those questions is, do I feel connected to people that I care about? Because for me, that's at the foundation of performance. It's at the foundation of self-confidence. It's at the foundation of joy. And, um, and it gives me, it gives me the, um, the security that I need to be clear and open about the fact that this is a, this is a voice in my head sometimes that I have to be skilled at quieting. So that has been one of the positive evolutions. Like as I started to realize I'm, I'm actually not alone in this feeling. Basically everyone around me feels this at, at one point or another. That was the first step toward me feeling released from it in, in a very significant way, you know, and I do continue to feel it on a regular basis, but um, the difference is I have much more power to shut it down. You know, it comes up, I shut it down. And, um, and as a result, when I do that, when I role model that behavior, I think it's also empowering to other people. Oh, I don't, I have a choice in, in this engagement with imposter syndrome. It actually doesn't have to take over mind share from me. You know, I have the power to shut it down. And so I think that that's, um, I think that that's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned. The other thing, the other thing that I've learned that's been really helpful, and Kenny, you and I have talked about this, is um, like my experience of imposter syndrome was sort of a, an ambiguous experience. It was like a tightening in my chest. It was like a like you know a little bit of a like a maybe a little sweaty like, damn, am I like really sitting at this table right now? Um, and when I actually thought deeply about where is this feeling coming from. My version of imposter syndrome, the seed of my version of imposter syndrome is I'm not smart enough. Mm. And Kenny, let's just roll this back. I was valedictorian of my high school class. Then I graduated with honors from Princeton. Mm. Then I graduated from Stanford Business School. Then I went to McKinsey. I mean, it sounds like like, you're not smart, but (laughs) I mean, but like, that's what I'm saying. Like, when when you say the crux of it, like the seed of it, and you you put it out there to other people, 
it's so ridiculous on some level. And as Lauren said, when you feel connected to other people and they can hold up that mirror, like this is actually who you are. Let's get serious about this. That's also the other way to sort of disarm and disable imposter syndrome. Actually have the courage to look at it full in the face, see what it's trying to tell you, and then you can battle that back because it becomes so obvious that it's just a ridiculous concept at some level. And I would can double down on that. So we do this, sorry, so um, go ahead. we do this every single cohort we have. We have some badass that has gotten like a, a master's degree from MIT, did undergraduate at Yale, something like that. And they don't talk about it, right? Mm -hmm. These things are facts. It's a fact that you have done mm. these things, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important that you have to reframe that conversation, that internal monologue sometimes that yeah. it's not just, you know, hiding behind something. It's not just luck that this stuff happened. It was a fact. And if you have mm. to look at imposter syndrome and acknowledge that that is also, that's a feeling. That's not a fact. Imposter mm -hmm. syndrome, the feeling that you get, mm -hmm. there are no facts in imposter mm -hmm. syndrome. The facts are you've accomplished these things, that you've gone to these schools, gotten these degrees, you've worked your butt off to, you know, hit this milestone constantly yeah. and consistently in many cases. Mm -hmm. Hey, Lauren, I wanted to, I'm going to double down on your double down. Hey. And um, because the other thing I want to make clear is that our team at Breakline, it is so obvious to us that there are thousands and thousands of different types of excellence, mm -hmm. right? Mm. And my background represents one type of excellence. I'm really proud of those signals of success, those signals of work ethic, those signals of whatever, you know, that come along with, with my, the path that I've chosen and that I've been lucky enough to take. Your path to excellence doesn't have to look like that. Amen. And sometimes, you know, when, when we, when we chart a different course, and we don't necessarily chart that course through famous brands of this or that, you know, it's, it can be harder to hang your hat on the thing that's super obvious. You know, Kenny, you talked about West Point and, you know, Haas School of Business. No, you have to stay centered in your path of excellence, stay centered yep. in your accomplishments and really make those concrete in your mind. The, um, the other thing about imposter syndrome is that it kind of hinges on social comparison, which um, Professor Amy Cuddy has talked about, like the root of all insecurity. You know, when we compare ourselves to other people and how do we measure up and where are the gaps? No, 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 no. You just like marinate in your choices, what you've, what you have accomplished, what you've driven, what you've overcome. You marinate in that and just get really deep and comfortable in that. And that is, that is, you know, who you are and let that be concrete for you. It doesn't have to be a brand. It can be an experience that you've had. It can be an obstacle that you've overcome that's just as concrete. That's just as, as much of a place to draw pride from as well. And, and I love that. I love that call out because I think, and, and I'd love to pivot this over to Lauren here in a second too. As we look at our break line community, we, we have folks that are coming from every walk of life, mm -hmm. every background. And the one common theme is a demonstrated track record of excellence, regardless yes. of how you define it, right? You've, these, we, these are all amazing human beings who have demonstrated grit, they've demonstrated resiliency, and that comes in many forms and fashions. And I think one of the things that's interesting about this too is 
I don't know about you all, but for me, when it, it, it typically is during these times of transition. And as we think about our breakline community and the window of opportunity that we get the chance to spend with them, these are very ambiguous times. We're having to reflect on the body of work that we've done both personally and professionally. And Lauren, this is this is what I'd love to just kind of hear your thoughts on. You've worked with thousands of breakliners. And every single one that I have talked to has been like, by the time I was done working with Lauren Fall, I felt like I could take over the world. So I would just love to hear a little bit more about what you've seen from your position during your time here at Breakline. How is it that you're able to breathe life into our participants and just inspire them to see their own value and self-worth? Um, because I think that's a huge part of this conversation is realizing, no, I, I did do that. I did make those things happen and, and, and I deserve all of the great rewards and all of the greatness on the other side of this journey that's waiting for me. So can you share more about your process and what you've seen? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you're right. We get to work at Breakline with people that are um, from such varied backgrounds. Right. And so what their idea and their signals of excellence are are different from every individual. So that's why those one on one conversations I find to be so important, because you have to get at the heart of the matter here. You have to get the heart of what did you accomplish? What did you learn? What did you contribute? Right. And you have to break that down. You have to first sit back and say, tell me about your experiences. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the projects. Now, I know oftentimes people like to hide behind, well, our team did this, right? Our team, we're, we were able to find the success as a team, but you contributed something to that team. So let's really kind of unpack a little bit more of the action steps. How did you do that? How did you build that relationship, right? I think a lot of those things are in there. Um, the thing that I think holds a lot of people back is they feel like they have to go in as experts on everything. Right, that I needed to be the expert, the sole person that carried the whole team to the finish line, um, that I raised the bar higher than it's ever been set before, and I've done all of these things. Um, and that's impossible for any one person to do by themselves. It's absolutely impossible, right? You have to have the competence, you have to have the ability to say, I have done these things and I've made this mark and this is how I contributed. But you also have to show a lot of other skill sets. Um, I think that the things that I work at a lot with individuals one-on-one -on -one is talking about how do you collaborate, right? How have you worked with other teammates to show how you guys can be successful together? Because imposter syndrome oftentimes makes me feel like, well, I have to do it all. I have to be it all. And in reality, team, like, you know, interview companies are not looking for you to be it all. They're looking for you to be a part of the solution, right? A piece of the answer, help them come up with the solution and collaborate to find the answer to these really hard, complex problems, right? So talking about how you can be collaborative, um, talking about how you can be open-minded, right? I think that that, you know, having stories and examples at the ready of the times that you've been able to, you know, change someone else's mind, but also have your mind changed, that you didn't have all the answers yourself, that you were willing to have your mind changed based on another perspective, based on data, based on, you know, another light that someone was able to come to the table and shine on a problem that you thought maybe you were the one that had to come up with the answer to on your own. You don't have to do that, right? Um, I think oftentimes it's also intellectual curiosity. I always seek for that and in, in, um, with breakliners too is um, you don't have to have all the answers, but can you be taught? Are you willing to go down mm. those rabbit holes to learn more and to challenge yourself to come up with a solution? 
Mm -hmm. um, I learned about myself as a, a teammate, as a professional, as all these things is that I don't have to have the answers to everything, but I really want to find the answers. I want to work with the team to come up with the right solutions. Um, and I don't think there's one of our partner companies or any company in tech that is looking to hire one person to be the, the be all and end all to create all of the, you know, to make all of the solutions come together for them. They're looking for someone to be a part of a team and that you have a lot to offer that team. So really being able to one, identify what you have to offer to the team. And that comes from your stories, your examples, the lived experiences, those qualifications, the certifications, that distance from the starting line, right? You've learned a lot and you have a lot to offer, but also how do you bring that to the table in conjunction, in collaboration with a whole other team, mm -hmm. a whole other host of people that have skills to offer as well? I think what I love about the perspective is it's really realizing the value of our own unique experience. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, that is something, especially when you're in a high performing environment, you're surrounded by people who are striving towards their goals, they're doing all these things. It's easy to look around and just be like, I, I don't belong with these people. <laughs> when in all actuality, when you think about the dream team, I, I love thinking about the 1992 dream team, right? Because there you have, <laughs> Michael Jordan, you've got Magic Johnson, you've got you've got all of these Charles Barkley, you've got all of these amazing, you know, athletes that are performing at the highest level. And I know every single one of them is thinking to themselves like, man, I don't deserve to be here. But by mm -hmm. nature of you making the team, this is further validation that you deserve to be here. And I think that's the that's the ironic thing about imposter syndrome to me is like it it tends to happen like when you enter these new spaces yeah and you're like oh wait i don't deserve to be in this space but no by definition because you were selected to come into this space and this is this is one of the reason why i love michelle obama because mm -hmm. she has come out and she has spoken about this um and what's so funny is she's even struggled with imposter syndrome and she was just saying how like she would go into these spaces and you know, she done been in all the spaces. I mean, that's mm -hmm. the Michelle Obama are we talking about, okay? She done been in all the spaces. And she said one thing that she finally realized was like, you know, you have these people that project all of this confidence and they project, and she's like, you need to be the one with imposter syndrome. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right? I think it's so important to not have the it's, it's a double thing. And I love about Michelle too. Like, I think one of the things that she teaches us a very valuable lesson, lesson there is the authenticity, right? She is, yes, like, totally. what she yeah. is known for is being genuine and authentic. Yes. Consistently yes. Ever she goes. Yes. And that's what um, I try to hold dear to myself is that yeah. I can show up genuine and authentic in every interaction and I can, mm -hmm. it. Um, and that's what we look for, for everyone is just, you know, to bring, I that. agree. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that the, um, you know, really committing yourself to authenticity is a secret to success with regard to staying confident. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and self-confidence is part of what will enable me and you and everybody else who deals with it to contain that imposter syndrome. The reason is when we're, when we're pretending, you know, when we're trying to be somebody else, we automatically 
um, disable some of our greatest strengths. You know, we, we disable our own greatness when we're playing at being somebody else. And so instead, we really need to stay centered in what we're bringing to the table. And we need to stay confident that that piece that we're bringing to the table is the missing piece of a jigsaw puzzle and it matters and it's warranted and it's powerful mm. and it's needed in this conversation. And I think sometimes when we're in rooms where we're the only or we're one of the few and there is a dominant sort of paradigm about how to show up or what your background is supposed to look like, that's when it can be hardest to stay confident and to stay centered and to stay true. You got to make that commitment ahead of time, you know, and like really get yourself into the headspace ahead of time. I have a piece of this puzzle. And without me, there's no one else in the room who can fix this, who can, who can, you know, who can complete the puzzle. I, so I love kind of like gearing up for that mentally, I think is so important. I think that's so great. And I think that's one of the things that I actually do um, with our break liners. If I'm in a session with them, a workshop or a one-on-one situation, I'm giving a lot of my um, my secret tricks here um, that I try to throw at people instead. So they're going to listen to this. Now they're not going to be caught off guard, but for the arena, I will do it. So when someone is struggling, when they don't have a good story at mind or they feel like they, they're not good enough, that their stories aren't re- like reaching the bar that they feel like I'm setting for them in one of these sessions or the assignments, I, I flip the script entirely and I say, okay, instead we're going to do something else entirely. What I want you to answer some of these questions. And I have like a bucket of um, kind of curveball questions, lightning round questions. And they're not hard. They're questions that are, a couple of them that I like to ask is, um, when was the last time you did something kind for someone else? Tell me the last time you learned something because you were passionate about it and not required to learn it. Um, tell me the last time that, uh, what, what's an achievement that you're proud of? Without a doubt, every time I ask those questions, and there's a couple of others that I won't tell you, so it's not giving away my whole playbook, but <laughs> whatever happens with them, people smile. They laugh a little bit. They, they talk a little bit faster. They're a little bit more animated. Mm. And I say, do you hear yourself answering these questions as in a contrast to how you just answered, tell me about a time that you used data to make the decision. If you hear the difference in your tone and your style and your voice and the inflection and how you're talking, do you hear that about yourself in your own head? And they say, yeah, yeah, I do. And that's what I'm looking for for the entire conversation. That's our goal. And it might take a few sessions to get there. And it's going to take some hard work and getting some reps in. But that's the voice I want you to carry from that very first hello, my name is, all the way through. It was so great talking to you. I hope we get to talk, talk again soon, right? That's where you need to find yourself because in that voice is your authentic self. Mm-hmm. Like you're handicapping yourself if you're trying to be somebody else. Mm-hmm. Double down on being yourself and play your own game because you have a lot to offer. You do mm-hmm. need to have the data. You do need to have the anecdotes ready to go to show the success you've had in the past. But if you're trying to be someone else, you're going to miss the mark every single mm-hmm. time, right? Mm-hmm. So I want I want to I want to ask one more question of the breakline boss lady real quick because I just you know we I feel like we're talking about views from the top of some of these conversations that you privy to, we we can change the names to protect the innocence so we don't need to do any name dropping or anything. But have you ever been in, in any spaces where you're dealing with like these influential people and then like they just come out and like I have no clue what I'm doing right now? Like does that ever does that ever happen? I mean all the time. <laughs> Like all, all the time. And I, I think we want to remember that um, that a lot of the folks who are kind enough to come and, and speak in Breakline, they'll come and speak in the Breakline speaker series. They might be on 
like a successful trajectory now, but it's on the heels of many, many, many failures. Mm. It's like Einstein's quote, I think, yeah. like I failed a thousand times and that's why I succeed. That's what I see in, in so many of the leaders who come and speak with us. And so um, a recent guest who came, he's the CEO of a public tech company. And he, before he started his current company, he started a company that was just like, you know, a total zero. And he's like, you've never heard of it. It was like a total failure. He was borrowing money from his mom to pay rent. He didn't have his own car. He was borrowing his mom's car. That was the same guy who then started a company that took off like a rocket ship and, you know, and went public and is employing thousands of people. And I, I think that we can sometimes get confused that there are successful people and unsuccessful people in the world. No, they're not. But there can be gritty people who push past something no. really hard mm -hmm. and, you know, find the courage and the stamina to go for it again. That's what I'm really interested in. And if you also are brave enough to talk to us about the times when you landed flat on your face, that just humanizes, you know, makes me want to be your friend. Like, not only do I respect you, I also want to hang out oh, yeah. and, you know, hear some more of those stories. Um, so it's, it's just, as I said before, it's the universal human affliction that we all kind of deal with on a daily basis. And I do think we've got to kind of come back to surrounding ourselves with folks who remind us of who we are when it really matters. I was just on the phone with a breakliner yesterday and she's kind of at this like pivotal moment and she was describing a phone call between her and someone that she originally said was a friend. And the friend was saying some pretty hurtful stuff. And I said, I just want to remind you, a friend is someone who you feel safe with, right? Mm. Like that's home base. That's where we feel secure. We can be challenged by other people. We don't need to be insulted and threatened at our home base. And I think generally, you know, kind of being that person for others and then attracting folks like that to you and having your home base where you can kind of regroup, that, that's what Lauren was really describing, that regrouping process too, like resettling. We all need that home base. I think that that's super important, whether you're the CEO of a famous company or whether you're just starting your career out. What matters most is that we're surrounded by folks who can bring us back to that home base, remind us of who we are, get us to that place where we're ready to go out and attack it again. I'm not saying this um, because I, I want to be showered in compliments, but the hilarious part of this conversation is that I currently am experiencing imposter syndrome because I am with <laughs> our CEO and founder, our director of advancement. I am with our director of Apex. And I'm like, what the heck am I doing here right now? And at the end of the day, I know that it is the type of space where I am valued and I have to remind myself of what I'm bringing to the table. But it is going to be an every single day decision to, like Bethany mm -hmm. said, tell it to fuck off. It yes. And the way that we rise to be like the people that we admire and are inspired mm -hmm. by mm -hmm. is by forcing ourselves to be surrounded by them and to grow alongside with them. Um, mm -hmm. So thank you guys, always. Well, you know, one thing I got to add for our, for our listeners is, is twofold. The first, just piggybacking on what Bethany said, is that's what I love about this Breakline community is we are surrounded by some 
down home, just good people mm-hmm. who you can have these conversations with. You can be honest, you can be vulnerable, you can be transparent and know that it's going to be received in a way which is empowering and uplifting. Mm-hmm. So that is a huge thing that I just want to share with all of our listeners and our Breakline community. It's like, you found that space here and we're so thankful for it. And the second thing that I wanted to bring to light is I am personally so proud of my teammate, Sophia Bowden, because (laughs) the reason that we are listening, that you will be able to listen to this podcast on your streaming platforms, whether it's on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Music, wherever you may be listening in from, is because of the grit, desire, and vision Mm -hmm. of this young lady right here, right? This stuff Mm -hmm. doesn't happen on accident. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of vision. It takes a lot of creativity. And those are all things that you, my friend, possess in spades. Mm -hmm. So like... I think that just brings this whole conversation full circle, right? Like mm-hmm, even in the moment where, you know, we're surrounded by people who we know love us, that, you know, that we can trust, that are investing in us, that doesn't that doesn't negate that affliction that Bethany mm-hmm. is talking about, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it's any easier. And hopefully this conversation just helps people see like this is something that we're all dealing with and the fact yeah. that we can just bring it to the light and shed a light on it's like the boogeyman like when you mm-hmm. look up the covers and you put the flashlight they ain't got no choice but to leave right because <laughs> you know it's what everyone is dealing with and one one last thing that i just wanted to do on behalf of the listeners is i would love to send it around the horn if you had one word of encouragement for someone who may be in their car right now, for someone who may be listening in their office, who's like, man, these people, they have got it together. And they're just like, what would be your word for that person who in this moment is like struggling? Like, would Mm -hmm. love to hear any parting thoughts that you have. And maybe we'll start with you, Sophia. Mine is, what I have discovered is that no one really knows what they're doing. And that's okay. And I get through it together and come out the other side stronger and better. And being able to verbalize that is really, really important. And welcome to do that here at Breakline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've all had tough days, tough weeks, months, and maybe a lot of tough, what, like, what is it, 14 months now that we've all been living mm. in um, this kind of alternate reality where we've lived through a confluence of many pandemics, right? There's been a, a lot going on for a lot of us. And so, um, there's a, a lot of, it's, it's an interesting time because I think everyone feels alone and it's ironic because I haven't been alone for 14 months, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're, we have never been more close to families physically and things like that. Um, so it's very easy to feel um, disconnected. Um, and mm. what I would say is find your people, find your home base, as Bethany mm-hmm. said, we all have it, whether it's your mom, whether it's your partner, whether it's you know your colleagues or your friends or childhood friends, whatever it might be find your people because your people are the ones that will remind you who you are, right? They will remind you of the amazing things that you have done and that you've contributed and how you make them feel, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And there's nothing better than for someone to be able to tell you just how much you've impacted them and how helpful you are. So, so find your people. um, And, you know, I'm, I'm always really proud to be that person for others as well. And so Mm. um, so find it, reach out, find those people. Mm -hmm. Bethany, do you mind if I share a brief thought before we bring us out as the closer? Mm-hmm. First off, I'm just thankful for this space, right? I'm just thankful for the space that you all have created, um, not only for our listeners, but just for me in this moment, because I think this is just an empowering moment for me to be a part of. And I absolutely cannot wait. 
until we're able to share this with our community and our listeners. I think it's just such an important conversation to have. I think for me, the thought that comes to mind is in life, there is so much value in running your own race. You are one of one. And, you know, you're not excellent tomorrow. You're not going to be excellent next week. You're excellent in this moment, right? The simple fact that you're taking time to invest in yourself by listening to this podcast and trying to figure things out, like you are excellent in this moment. So run your race and shine in your own glory, because when you do, you are going to empower people to do the same. We need you to be the best version of yourself. We don't need another version of Bethany Coast. I can't, when I first got to Breakline, I was trying to be Bethany 2.0. I was, <laughs> <laughs> she'll tell you. I was like, man, I'm, I got to take the copious notes because this shit. And you know, it was not the recipe for success because she's running her own race. And folks, that's what I would love to leave you with is don't try to be the carbon copy. Hey, no, we, we got enough carbon cops out. You got to be the one of one, the numero uno, because when you do that, the world is a better place and better off for us. So I hope that gives you a bit of encouragement before we send it over to our closer for some final parting words. Well, Kenny, I don't know about that. When you when you and Soap kind of clean this up, you might want to switch the order here because that was pretty powerful. Um but I have, I have a couple of thoughts to share as, as we close. The first thought is I have realized over the course of my career that asking for help is an enormous strength, asking for help of all kinds. If you, have, if you ask the question, then you got the answer, right? And the information is power, right? If you need a resource, then you get it. And that's the, your path forward. Um, entrepreneurship and being part of a, an early team, that is an exercise in asking for help every day. And so I grew up in a household where my father literally would say, we always offer help. We never ask for help. Mm-hmm. And I had to unlearn that behavior because um, there's, no, the, there's no way to pull off something great unless you ask for other people to join you at that table, unless you ask for other folks to contribute. And, um, and so if you're in a place where you need help, give someone else the gift of being able to contribute to another person's life. Mm-hmm. Ask for that help. Remember the last time you were able to give a favor to somebody and how that felt. It feels great. So free yourself of, of any misconception if you happen to have the same one that I did and be willing to ask for help. Um, The second piece is a no can be the best thing that ever happened to you. Mm. You know, I've gotten so many no's in in my life and it usually doesn't feel good in the moment, but I want to give you a specific one, which was one of the luckiest no's that ever happened to me. I tried to start Breakline at Stanford. I love Stanford. It's an amazing university. Um, And I brought the idea for Breakline to the leadership and they said, that's just not our bag. That's not what we do. Um, we're not. We're not going to. We're not going to invest in this. And um, and I was so disappointed in the moment. And then I realized 
that just frees me to pursue this in a totally different way. And Breakline is bigger and more powerful and growing faster and more impactful because of that no, right? Because I had to find a different open door to do the thing. And, um, and so you can always view no as just an opportunity to kind of like switch direction a little bit. Um, and then the final thing, John Donahoe, who's the CEO of Nike, um, has spoken a couple of times in Breakline. And he, he shares this, um, this philosophy, which I think is really powerful. And it's something like, you know, if you look back on your life, the moments of which you're most proud, like the experiences of which you're, you're most proud, undoubtedly, those were moments of adversity and tension and, um, and struggle. And he said, it feels so hard when you're in the middle of that. Um, but then we would never give up being on the other side. You know, the pride that we feel, the resilience, the strength, the self-confidence that comes from knowing that you could do more than, than you realized at the outset. And so when you're in that moment of adversity, know that you're going to get to the other side, right? And like, I can't think of a single person who I know who had the red carpet rolled out and every single thing was easy, who I think is interesting and want to hang out with. Like, I just don't, <laughs> you know, like I'm way more interested and excited and inspired by folks who have face planted and bounced back, face planted and dug deeply and decided to go after it again, you know, face planted and decided to succeed and share that story to inspire other people. So it is tough when you're in the middle of it you will get to the other side and you'll look back on it with pride. So Kenny and Soap, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for teeing up this conversation with me and Lauren. Such a pleasure to be with all of you. And I'm so glad we're getting this important topic out there. Thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode in the Breakline Arena. We hope that you're walking away feeling a little inspired, a little bit moved, and feeling as if you learned something. I tell you what, if you enjoy what you heard today, we only need you to do one of three things. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe, and if it really touched your spirit, go on review and rate this episode. It would mean a lot to us. It helps us get the word out there. Um, it helps us continue to share this great content. Uh, and most importantly, we just love to hear what you, what you have to say about uh, some of the content that we're putting out there. So um, please join us again next Tuesday here in the Breakline Arena. Once again, my name is Kenny Vaughn, and I am signing out from the Breakline HQ with my partner in crime. Sophia Bodwin, we will see you guys next week. <laughs>